So I'll start by introducing myself. I don't have a lot of prepared testimony. I did testify before, I believe all of you, uh, in August of 2014. Um, I was reading through some of that and um, it was interesting that much of what I had to say um, back then is, is certainly applicable today and um, that crisis that we had just faced, the tragedy that we had faced was the child deaths. Um, so my name is Shannon Morton. Uh, I'm an investigative and assessment social worker from the Burlington District Office. However, um, I have been uh, asked to, to serve in this capacity in the Barry District Office since August 10th. Um, I will be there for an additional week and a half before I head back to my district. Um, and I do appreciate the opportunity um, that you've afforded me to come and, and speak with you and hopefully answer some questions. Um, in addition to my role as an investigator and, and assessment social worker, I also am the, uh, the vice chair of the statewide labor management committee. I also am the co-chair of our newly formed family services statewide sa staff safety uh, committee. I also serve on the subgroup that is developing the family services staff safety training. So I am happy to, to go into a little bit of those questions um, if I can be helpful. Um, I do feel it important to tell you that I sit here as a nearly maxed out social worker. I say this because my testimony may become emotional at times, but I feel that it's representative of those of us on the front lines. So I'll do my best to answer all of your questions. Um, and I will do so from the heart and with the intention of furthering my practice and hopefully the practice of other social workers in the field. Um, I know that there were some specific questions about the staff safety stuff and this has been something that um, that has been a passion of mine even before our colleague was murdered. Uh, I've made public statements about the need for staff safety training for better safety in the offices and better safety in the field. I hope that we can, from the tragedy and the spotlight of Lara's murder, make some positive changes to the way that, that we engage with families, but also how the community engages with us in 2014, I highlighted um, the idea that child safety is a community responsibility. And I believe that this is absolutely the message that needs to go out, that family services cannot do this alone. Um, when you asked about the list of law enforcement that has refused to go with us, what I will tell you is that I would be very hesitant to ever identify that law enforcement has refused to go with me anywhere. One, it hasn't been my experience that they have refused. It has been my experience that they do not have the capacity to respond to the great needs of our department. I think that by identifying specific agencies or folks that we encounter in the field would put me at greater risk. And I hope that the aim of these questions isn't to punish anyone, but to really highlight the needs. I don't think we need to be specific about who and when this happened. 
I think that we can provide you with the information that's necessary in order to, to increase the dialogue about how we can best tackle this problem. I think that family services, you know, I, I, I assume that you've heard um, that there would be many benefits to increased staffing, that this would not only enable us to meet all the different state and federal mandates, but also to enhance our relationship with community providers and to better spread the responsibility of child safety. I don't think that this can be done with our current workload. We are stretched ridiculously thin and barely able to meet all of our mandates, let alone enhance, develop, or foster relationships with folks who don't understand our agency or don't have it in their own capacity to be of service to us. So I just, I hope that we can shift away from the incident-based or the specifics about the problems because I don't think that we need to get into that to really address the issues. I can tell you that I have hope that our agency will improve, that our service renderings will improve, and that we'll be, we'll be able to maintain a staff that is committed to child protection. We need resources to do this. This is within our own department. And when I think about what would really help, it's a really hard to think about because the problems that our folks, that our clients face, that our families face, you understand. We're battling homelessness. We're battling substance abuse. We're battling, you know, lack of access to daycare. Um, there's, there's huge issues that are, that are far beyond what I can control, what my commissioner can control. Um, and I, I just recognize that I do believe that folks are doing the best that they can. And when you said, I'm sure you'll be asking us for money, I'm sure we will. But it's not, I, I hope you understand that, that the people on the ground who are trying to do this work are doing the best that they can with an increased workload, with a higher complexity of cases. I've been employed by the department in, the, in this capacity since 2004. Um, the average, uh, the average number of cases that I get assigned as an investigator um, is about 100 a year. That's the expected capacity that we have. However, the the needs of those cases has evolved so much since 2004. Um, and the number of tasks that we're asked to complete continues to mount. Um, so I hope that there, there's room for, for the voice of the front lines to come here um, and to be heard because I'm worried that we're creating a system that isn't going to be able to maintain the workers that are in it for the right reasons and want to do this work. I know that budgets are always hard to discuss and it's always hard to ask for more money, but a greater public awareness that level funding our department 
is not sustainable for, for us to be able to, to meet the increased task, tasks and the increased workload that, that's coming at us. I fear what's being left undone. So I guess I, I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, but like I said, I, I didn't have much prepared for today because I didn't have much notice. <laughs> Nearly maxed out? I'm nearly maxed out. And wondered where one of the things that, and I heard you talk about caseload, yes. and I heard you talk about the increasing challenges or, um, of the families mm -hmm. that you're working with. Um, what kind of support do you get on a weekly basis or a, um, from a supervisor or Um, as I also stated, I've been in a unique position um, that I've been uh, in the role of support uh, to the Barry District Office since August 10th. So what I get on a weekly basis is likely very different than other folks in other districts. Um, I think the hope is that we get regular weekly supervision, um, whether or not that um, in my career has been the case, um, I think depends on um, the crisis of the moment. Is it's, that, it's often, it's... Let me ask it a different way. Is mm -hmm. that an, an integral element in um, both worker and child safety? Regular supervision um, and support in in this job is absolutely necessary. Um, it, it's a chance to process the incredibly difficult situations that we see on a daily basis, um, to reassess uh, our engagement strategies. I mean, there's, there is a, a multitude of, of benefits that you get from regular and consistent and supportive supervision. But what I will tell you is that the time for that is often small because of the administrative tasks and, and the needs of, of our work. I know that we have some specific questions in, uh, around training and uh, mm -hmm. you were again that you can tell us what the training will be. So I, is that your question? I am involved in that. Um, I can tell you what the hope is. It's, okay. It hasn't completely been laid out. Um, what I'll tell you is that um, the, the Family Services Staff Safety Work Group uh, was able to review along with the Child Welfare Training Partnership um, through UBM that um, we were able to review a number of states, uh, current, current policies and existing trainings. And um, we were given ample access to the policies and the trainings out of New Jersey that seem to fit best with uh, with 
with what we were looking for in order to, to train our staff. Um, we have to tweak it because Vermont, uh, you know, we have our own practices and, and our own um, family engagement strategies and we, and we wanna make sure that we make it Vermont unique. Um, but but we, we have a really, I believe, um, a great training model out of, out of New Jersey that we'll hopefully be able to, to bring to all the districts and, um, and finally provide our staff with uh, safety training, which uh, has not been in existence since I've been there. So it'll be a two-day training. My understanding is that it has been approved for a two-day training um, for, for all staff. Uh, it'll talk about um, you know, field safety, uh, office safety, de-escalation, um, sort of the, the pre-planning for your home visits, uh, the kinds of information that you need to gather, the thoughtfulness, um, and a big part of it, and what's coming out through um, our drafted staff safety policy is uh, the idea of a buddy system in our work. I think that this is going to be absolutely paramount um, in in furthering staff safety and, and really the way that that also ensures child safety. Um, I, I am hopeful that that's going to be our new policy and that it will be supported by the legislature in enabling us to have the resources to, to appropriately staff. Um, it is not only asking for family services staff to buddy up, it's also asking for a greater engagement from the community to buddy up with mental health, substance abuse, law enforcement, um, any of the appropriate agencies that would be available. Um, so that we aren't going into this alone um, and that we aren't looking at this with. Uh, Do you have that? Um, I, and I perhaps just, I mean, I've been under the misimpression that the, you, as a member of the um, staff management, whatever it's called, group, would have, you were developing recommendations and a report that you would have to have reports for that. I was not asked to bring anything. Um, what I have is um, myself and all the time that I've spent on those development uh, work groups and uh, the thoughtfulness that's gone into those and also why they were developed, which was when, specific when, asks. When will the work group have um, recommendations? I'm sorry, recommendations for what? For you? For, for the commissioner? Uh, I don't believe that we're, we're developing recommendations. What we've developed is uh, the FS110, which is our staff safety reporting incident form. Um, which I must say does include resource families and other folks that are involved with these families. It's not just for family services staff, so I just want you to know that, um, that those discussions are being had and greater communication among all parties is absolutely the goal. Um, so we had developed that staff safety reporting form um, and we have been developing the staff safety policy. Um, in addition to that, we've also developed the staff safety training um, but that hasn't been finalized as it will be rolled out in January. Um, and I believe I have a meeting on the 12th um, about going over the final, what, what that training is gonna look like in the actual curriculum. Are you, are you, are, is there a sense that you'll go to each individual? Like you'll go to Rutland and, and, and um, have two day training and then Burlington, or <coughs> will staff go to Burlington? Are you gonna going so you know what each individual office looks like? So because each office is going to obviously have different safety issues. 
Yep, and I think for, um, you know, there's different, there's different areas here that we are doing this in collaboration with uh, BGS and the different office safety, but really what we're talking about is as a social worker, um, the safety that you need um, to carry out the, you know, the duties of your job so that um, it's not specific to the building, it's specific to the role. Um, so it will be rolled out in all 12 districts. My understanding is that the training will be done by the Child Welfare Training Partnership uh, in collaboration with management from the different divisions, as well as um, some folks um, in the field working out the kinks on how to do that and how, um, how to best make sure that all of our staff are available to be trained um, and not necessarily doing the training. And we wanna make sure that that comes from all levels because the kind of things that we're talking about, um, how, to, how to be aware of safety and um, need, needs to be modeled from the top down. So to be trained together is really important because when we train workers and apart from their supervisors, they don't hear the same things and um, you know, presumably can't have the same conversations and the same um, important topics won't be discussed in supervision and um, and so that's, that's the thinking. So we're not 100% on the training team, and I know that was a specific question that you had, but the Child Welfare Training Partnership has agreed to take that on, um, as they do many of our trainings, and they, they do so with the input of family services staff and how best to train. Absolutely. Would you, would you mind, talk about that? No, I, I think that those are two, um, well, they're two different things, unfortunately. Um, the, the way that things go in this work is that they very quickly, something that you would plan for being very um, low key, quickly escalates. So I think that they're always thought about in our practice. They're always on our mind. We always have to have um, a, planful, um, a planful way to approach a family and about, you know, I, I don't know, six plans to, to what, what might happen when we're there. I think that the most important piece of preventing these things from happening is giving us the time to do the pre-planning in our approach to these folks and the approach to these topics, as well as the time to build positive relationships, like I said, not only with our clients, but with our community partners. There is so much that could be done before we go out that I don't think that we have the time to do at this point. And, and afterward, um, I can tell you that I, I met with a, with a client yesterday who was very escalated, has made very significant threats about against our workers in the past and, and continued to make those yesterday. And when I was driving home, my biggest regret of the day was knowing that I wouldn't have the time to rehabilitate that relationship. 
that I don't have the time to spend with that mom to be able to hear her concerns and to be able to, to try and, and reframe her thoughts about my department. Um, I think that that's a reality that I, you know, I think about every day the things that I wish that I could have had more time to do. Um, and a lot of that can be done in the pre-planning, but we don't have the time or the resources to be able to do that. So I think in, in thinking about the prevention of, um, of those circumstances where we need to de-escalate or, or we need uh, a plan of ultimately escape, um, I think that it's a big issue and I think that we're trying to address all of it. Um, but right now we can train our staff on what to think about before, during, and after. But ideally, there would be more time to spend with the child. Ideally. Those for us that then lessens the possibility of some sadness. Absolutely, that's what gives, at least for me, the greatest job satisfaction uh, is the engagement that I have with, my, with the families and the children that I meet with.